You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Welcome back to the Flying Goat Farm podcast with me, Lisa Check. Today is episode 12, and we'll be talking about resources for spinners. But before we get there, here's what's happening on the farm. So I am recording this on the 4th of July. Um, It's a really beautiful day. It's been really kind of nice the past few days. It's with a heat dome uh, broke, and so it's been kind of pleasant, like, mid 70s right now we're like mid 80s um we actually went off farm today and we went to play goonie golf or as some people call it miniature golf um and we were thinking the last time we did this was probably 25 years ago during our wedding week um we took we had like little kids that were part of our wedding and so we took everybody to play Goonie Golf in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And I think that's the last time we've played. And we did pretty good. There were a couple of holes that um, tripped us up. We went to a place that's really close to our house, which um, left a lot to be desired. Um, You know, there were no cute little buildings or windmills or those kind of things. But there were a couple holes that were a little bit challenging. Uh, So it was really fun. And then we had ice cream and we watched all the kids on the merry-go-round. And um, they also have like a big bungee jump thing. So we watched people there too. So that was really fun. But back here on the farm, um, it has been a week of lots of harvesting. So um, Bill picked peaches last week. This week we picked some plums. Um, and so I have the plums downstairs, like macerating. I'm going to make um, like a preserve kind of a, ch- a chunky jammy thing out of them. Um, these are red plums. I love this tree. Um, it's, it has just the most beautiful shape. And I love taking pictures of it. And I love the fruit from it. We have, I would think, four, four or five plum trees down there but this is the only one that's a red plum the other ones are yellow plums which I don't like as much Um, so I typically never do anything with those plums so I just like this red plum it's my favorite so that's what I'll be doing later today after the I record this I'm going to go and make those preserves so I'm excited about that So just to recap, um, last time I talked about the Tour de Fleece, and I'm going to continue that today as well. Um, The Tour de Fleece is a 21-stage or 23-day spinning event, and it coincides with the Tour de France that is happening, that is a cycling tour. So just like the Tour de France, there are rest days and there are mountain days, which we call challenge days. Um, When the cyclists are in the mountains, we are challenging ourselves to do something um, that is new or different or that you want to perfect or that is, you know, making you crazy about your spinning. And the whole point of the Tour de Fleece is to have fun, to connect with spinners worldwide, 
either through the Ravelry groups or through the Tour de Fleece group, the big one that is um, on Facebook. Um, but the biggest, biggest benefit that I found is just spinning every day, which typically I don't do in real life. Um, I spin probably once a month when I have my crafter noon, uh, where my friends come over and not always do I spin. Um, but I, but that's the day that I use for spinning. If I'm going to spin, sometimes I knit during that time. Um, and other people, they will spin or knit or needle felt or, um, or so embroider, things like that. So that's one day a month that I do. And um, so that's typically um, my only spinning time. So this tour de fleece is something that I look forward to every summer because I'm going to be really taking the time to spin every day. And my challenge, just to recap again, is to I want I am spinning up yarn to make the tanga sweater. It's actually going to be a tanga like sweater because I'm going to change out the um, the lace that she has. She and I talked about this last time. I think she has in there uh, um, knit four together, and I'm a really really tight knitter, and I just I can't imagine doing that for 47 rows. Um, and I don't know how many repeats is in each row. Um, I just don't want to do that. Um, I love the shape of the sweater and that's why I'm going to continue to work on that sweater, but I'm going to change out the lace and I'm going to do an easy lace like feather and fan. Um, because again, it has that really nice scallopy edge that I like. Um, and I think that my hand spun will look great with that. So that is the recap of the tour de fleece. So we all need resources, right? Um, whether we're spinning or we're knitters or we're um, seamstresses or we um, like to embroider or you make paper. Everybody, every art form has resources and you do need those to make progress. Um, it doesn't just come to you in a dream. I wish it did sometimes, huh? Um, so then we need resources to learn new techniques or to see other ways of working. And those resources could be any, I mean, they can be a book. They can be a website. They could be a podcast. They could be an actual live teacher, right? So um, I'm this podcast, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite resources. And by all means, this is not an exhaustive list. And it doesn't even have, I didn't even include all of the books that I have on my shelf, but I included the books that are still in print. Um, I have some really old ones that I don't think anyone can get anymore. So there's no point in telling you about them, especially when the material that's in those older books um, can be found in other places. And here's my disclaimer. I did not receive any comp compensation for suggesting these. I haven't told the, um, the teachers that I'm going to be mentioning or the authors I'm mentioning that this is on my podcast. This is just my suggestions for things that I like to have on my bookshelf that I have learned so much about spinning from. So you're just a beginning spinner, right? It, that when you first start out, what is a good, like all around 
resource to have when you're just starting out. And the A number one teacher that I know of for um, beginning spinners is Maggie Casey. And she does have a book called A Start Spinning. And so, well, I do not have this on my bookshelf. I, she is the preeminent teacher for beginners. Um, we have had her at Maryland Sheep and Wool for so many years. And people take her classes and nobody leaves crying. And so that is always a great, a great thing. Um, there's no crying. There's no gnashing of teeth. Um, and she just presents the material really, really well. And so I know her book will be like that, too. The other one that I have in this category is called The Intentional Spinner, and that's by Judith McKenzie. And I'll be mentioning this book again later, but again, it has, um, it's really great at having all the beginning information that you need to set you up as a beginning spinner. Things that you need to know about your spinning wheel, things you need to know about fibers, things you need to know about hold, how you hold your hands and things like that. So here's some resources for spinners who love color. I mean, that's part of the fun. You know, when you go to a fiber festival and you see all those great rovings that are all, you know, hand dyed, the beautiful bright colors, and you just want to spin them. Um, and that's what, you know, I know for me, uh, that's what really um, hooked me in to spinning in the first place. So I have three books in this category. Um, Color in Spinning is by Deb Mins, um, great, great, not only spinning teacher, but also dyeing teacher. And in that book, she it's a that is an exhaustive resource for um, how what happens if if you change up the way that you are spinning? What happens if you um, pull the colors apart in a braid and you like so you say your braid is red, yellow, and green. You put all the greens together, the reds together, the yellows together, and then you spin those. And what happens? What will the sample look like? Or what happens if you just spin it straight the way that the dyer intended it? And she has lots of great examples in there and lots of great ideas. Um, and she talks about you know picking colors for plying and then again, showing examples so that you can see um, see what what the choices are and not just have to learn by accident. You can actually um, see what she's talking about and then try it yourself and see if you get the same results. Um, the Ashley Martineau book called Spinning and Dying Yarn um, is another fun one. It has some more arty kinds of yarns in it. Um, and she actually talks about, um, dying in there as well. And, um, I have to mention that one because, um, a couple of my rovings are in the book. Yay. She, I don't, this was a long time ago. I want, I didn't write down exactly what the, uh, publishing date was, but she put out a call maybe on Facebook. It had to be on Facebook. I think, um, that she was looking for, uh, artists and dyers to, um, to donate roving for her book. And I did. And so uh, there's a couple of my rovings in her book. So that's really fun. Had to mention it. Um, and, a, and a newer one, the new spin on color 
by Alana Wilcox is just totally fabulous as well. She, again, shows a lot of different techniques. She shows um, what happens when you um, use those different techniques with lots of examples. She is um, very, very, um, like, she has an engineering mind. And so a lot of that book is very kind of technical, but not not technical in a way that's going to like be off putting, but to really, sh it really shows that she's thinking in more of a mechanical engineering kind of way. Three great books for about spinning and color and using those hand dyed rovings that we love so much and how to get the best results or the, the results that you really want to get. So resources to help you get in control. So these two books that I'm going to talk about here are books that really talk about setting your intention and deciding what kind of yarn that you want to make so that you can make a specific project. So many times especially I, th I have been spinning for 30 years. So many times I would just sit at the wheel. I just pick up a braid that has great color in it. And I just sit down and spin. And I'm just, I'm doing it for the activity of spinning. I'm doing it because of the color, but I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do with it in the end. And that's what, especially yarn texture by Jillian Marino. That is exactly what her book is. Um, she does show great, great um, samples again, so you can see um, the techniques that she's using and how your yarn can look if you use those same techniques. But she also talks about how to make the yarn that you want to make so that you can make that special pair of socks or that sweater or um, a, a a great scarf or a hat or whatever it is that is in your heart's desire that you want to make. Um, and you know, how to, how to design the yarn to get the, the outcome that you want, which I think is fabulous. Um, I did take two classes of hers at, at Maryland Sheep and Wool this year. Um, and I learned so, so much. And that's how, how I know that what I'm spinning for the tour is going to um, make that sweater just sing. I, I know that I've got my right um, grist on my yarn. I know I have the right standard weight on my yarn. I know that I've done the gauge swatch, so I know it'd be the right size of yarn. And that kind of came from her class. The other one mentioned here too is the intentional spinner again, because with Jude, in Judith McKenzie's book, she does talk about those same kind of things, you know, making the yarn that you want to make for the project that you want to make. Okay, you've all seen those wild art yarns, right? So here's two great, great books that I absolutely love about um, art yarns. And so I'm calling this one Resources to Express Your Wild Side. Um, so the first one, and it's a little bit older than the, the second one, is called Intertwined. And it's by Lexi Bulger. And oh my gosh, 
that book has so many fun, fun yarns. I don't think that I would ever make them for myself, but I do love looking at them. They are, it's a great inspirational book and it does have instructions as well. And so she talks about, you know, putting in all kinds of add-ins on the cover here. You see that there's some, you know, some locks sticking out. There's, um, there's one yarn in there that, um, I don't, either she made or someone else made, but it has beads in it and the beads are like little skulls so it's like a halloween or day of the dead or something like that kind of yarn and it's just so whimsical and fun um you know putting feathers in um you know all kinds of different you know add-ins to make really really fun art yarn so that that book is just like a fun eye candy book it yes it does have instructions as well um but for me, I just kind of look at it as, oh, this is inspiration. The one next to it, the Spinner's Book of Yarn Designs by Sarah Anderson, is the technical book. Again, she, too, has a very engineering mind, like Jillian. Um, and this book is set up kind of sequentially, or that each chapter has a different kind of art yarn. So whether you want to make something with beehives in it or cocoons or you want to do um you want to do boucles or you want to do um add-ins of beads or sequins or something like that or if you want to make cabled yarn or um in just so many different techniques in that book and one of the features of that book is that um, in the back it, it, there's a pocket that has cards in it and the cards um, have the the instructions for each of the different kinds of yarn so I you know you could you know put them up take them apart put a hole in them and like hang them from your spinning wheel if you wanted to do that but they're just kind of like resource cards that are for you um, the other thing that's interesting about this um, book and I remember hearing her speak about this. I took a class from her um, at SOAR, which was a long time ago. Um, all of the yarns in that book are white, <laughs> and that's good because you can see the differences, right? You're not you're not being you know wowed by oh, but I really love that color. She chose that great color. Um, Everything in that book is white. And I remember her talking about it at that in that class that um, the publisher didn't really like the idea because, you know, we are we are so driven by color. Um, but, you know, Sarah stuck to her, her, her gut instinct and said, no, this is the way to make this book so that people can see and follow exactly what's going on and what the differences are between these two yarns. Um, I don't know how many techniques are in that book, but I would say there's well over 50 and maybe more. I didn't count that, but it's like that, that if you were interested in making art yarns, that book needs to be on your shelf. And the Spinner's Book of Yarn Designs by Sarah Anderson. So, you know, there's all kinds of resources out there for wheels and for spindles and, 
you know, how to use your worlds and um, all those kind of things. And the best resources, I think, because each wheel is a little bit different, is to check out um, the manufacturer's web pages. Um, a lot of places, like I know Ashford, I have an Ashford wheel and a Shaft wheel. Both of them have instructions on their websites. Also, many of the manufacturers have uh, Ravelry groups. So I know for sure, like Hanson, if you, if you are interested in an e-spinner, I know that Hanson, there's a group of Hanson spinners on there on Ravelry. And they're really active. And um, they even have, if you don't have a Hanson, but you want a Hanson e-spinner, um, there's like, they have like a trade sell kind of thread that goes on that Ravelry group. Um, and then Spinoff Magazine does a yearly roundup of all the wheels, which is really good. And they put all the all of the features on there. Like they will say, you know, what, you know, such and such a wheel comes with um, whirls with these ratios so that, you know, OK, this that wheel comes with only like, you know, three different ratios. But this other one, if I get this other one, I have like six different choices and it all come and it's not an extra. It's what comes on the wheel. Um, and it will tell you whether you can have, you know, a single treadle, double treadle, you know, whether you ha have scotch tension, Irish tension, um, bobbin lead, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's all in one place. So if you are thinking about getting a new wheel or you thinking about starting spinning and you don't know anything about a wheel, looking for one of those spinoff magazine yearly roundup things is a really good um, resource to have because then it will get you started. It gives you like the manufacturer suggested retail price, new, the new price um, on there as well. So you can kind of see um, what the ranges are um, within the manufacturer and also with, you know, within like the whole, um, you know, all double treadles, you know, here's the ranges from the bottom to the top. So resources about the fibers themselves. So the two best ones out there are the bestest, bestest one is the Fleece and Fiber Sourcebook by Deb, um, by Deb Robeson and Carol, I can't say her name, right? Icarius, I think that's how you say it. Deb Robeson and Carol Icarius. We'll just call it that way. Um, in there, she has like every fiber animal. She has every breed of um, of sheep that she could find on the face of the earth. And in that book, she talks about the history of the breed. Where did they come from? And she also talks about the fiber. What's the fiber like? Um, and then she has great pictures where she shows locks so you can see the staple length of the fiber you can she has some different um if, if they come in different colors she'll show you the whole gamut of colors that the, that animal comes in um she has spun samples then the spun samples have been turned into knit or woven samples as well i mean it is a huge 
great resource. So if you're interested in, you know, knowing more about breeds of fiber animals and, um, and you're interested in maybe doing a, some breed studies or something like that, that book is, again, this, that book should be on your, um, on your bookshelf. It's just fantastic. I mean, right on the cover, it says more than 200 fibers from animal to spun yarn and great stories about the animals themselves, which is fantastic. Then they put together a smaller book. It's smaller in size. Um, and it's also has fewer sheep in it and less information. And it's called the field guide to fleece again by, um, Deb and Carol. This one has a hundred sheep breeds. Um, so it's, she's taking the most, um, the most typical ones and it's only sheep. So it's not that she didn't have the cashmere and the alpaca and all that, that the fleece of fiber book has. And I had this book I have in my um, wool classing kit that I carry around when I go to class pe wool at people's home or the people's farms, um, just so that I know the, we're classing these kind of animals and I can refresh my memory about what I should be looking for in that breed before I start um, helping with this, you know, doing skirting of fleeces and then classing them saying this should go, this should go into yarn. This should go, um, it, you know, these are so great. that they, they should go to hand spinners. These should go to a mill, you know, this, pile over here probably isn't that great that should go into mulch those kind of things so that's my go-to book when I'm out classing for people um, sheep spot is a, a podcast video cast um, she is in Canada and she does a lot with breed studies and she I, I like her podcast too because she's like me they're short and sweet there, um, I think most of hers are 20 minutes or so. Um, and she talks a lot. She gives a lot of great spinning tips and she also does a lot with breed studies. And of course the shave them to save them program is another great resource. That's through the livestock conservancy. Um, that program t is one where there is a passport that contains rare breeds that rare breeds of sheep that the livestock conservancy would like to promote and would like to help farmers um, continue to you know to save them from extinction basically so with this program you you get a passport they give you a list of um, of farms where you can get the different kinds of breeds and they're all like rare breeds um, and so there's some that aren't so rare, like Lester Longwools, um, but they're considered an endangered sheep. So they're part of this. And so that's really fun. Um, if you buy a certain amount of their roving or fleas, you get a little stamp that you put in your passport. Um, so that is another really fun kind of worldwide event, although it's not, you know, as it's not just 21 days. I mean, that, that shave them to save them can last a long, many, many years, maybe even a lifetime of spinning. 
So here are some spinning teachers that I wanted to tell you that are they're really great to follow for inspiration and for information. If you get the chance to take a class from them, you will not be disappointed. Um, and a lot of them have really great newsletters or um, that kind of thing. So Jillian Marino, Marino, she she has um, a great um, newsletter. She has a Patreon group, um, and a Patreon is where you can be a patron of someone for basically you're giving them money every month. And um, she has these spin-alongs for her Patreon com community and um, where they take a certain um, skill or a certain breed. Um, I don't know if it's each month. It might be like once a quarter. And um, you can do it as her part of her community. Esther Rogers, um, she is also known as Jazz Turtle. She is... Um, a spinner and a weaver and a dyer and she is really fun she does a lot of great art yarny kind of things and on her instagram feed she does lately she's been doing a lot of like um, ergometric stuff especially for spinners like with your hands and your hips and things like that to so that you can um, you know increase your flexibility and reduce your the strain on your body so I'm really liking her, um, I guess it's like her IGTV um, little things that she does there. Judith McKenzie, if you can get a class from her, it doesn't even matter what she's teaching. Just take it. Um, she is a hoot. She has such a depth of knowledge and she's been spinning. I, you know, I think she's in her 70s, I would say. And she's probably been spinning since she was four or five. And she she does lichen dyeing. She does all kinds of different dyeing. She used to have a sheep ranch, I want to say in Montana or Wyoming. And now she lives um, in Washington State, like by the Olympic National Forest. And um, if you can take a class from her, do it. Because she's just a wealth of knowledge. You will learn something in her class that you never even knew you wanted to learn, but it like will change you forever. Um, I took, I took a spinning, spinning a fine thread. I think is what it was called. Oh my gosh. I was spinning um, the size of sewing thread and it was staying together. It was like, it was real yarn. Um, and I didn't think that I could do that. So um, yeah, she's a great teacher. Sarah Anderson um, the, the, she's the one that, um, I told you about with the book, the spinner, um, yarn, the spinner's book of yarn designs. Um, if you can find a class from her, she's great. I did, when I was looking her up on the web, there are several YouTube videos featuring her that would be worth looking at. Um, they're, they're not by her. They're not, she I couldn't find a website for her. Um, but they are. Um, they fe are featuring her Maggie Casey she's in Colorado um, and she again if you can find a class from her it doesn't matter what she's teaching either she's such a good teacher and you will learn something um, she teaches you know beginning spinning spindle spinning um, she does a lot with color and spinning 
Um, and she's just a great, great teacher. And Alana Wilcox, she has, she is the one who does um, the color and spinning. She does all different kinds of very kind of technical geeky classes. Um, but she, um, but there, she's also a really great teacher. So those are some teachers that I would follow. I'd look them up on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or, you know, sign up for their newsletters because you will learn something from them. So I know that the, the last two of the podcasts and probably next podcast too are basically geared towards people who are the spinners because it's Tour de Fleece. And I really want to, you know, to acknowledge my spinning community. Um, if you're not a spinner yet, but you've always wanted to learn how to spin, I have started doing my beginning spinning classes in person again. So if you're local and, um, and you want to learn how to spin, then just reach out to me. The one, the classes that I had um, slated for the summer are all sold out, but um, I can always fill in other classes. You just need to reach out to me and say, hey, um, I want to take a class and we'll work out a date. It's a three-hour class and you don't need to have equipment. I have the spinning wheels for you to use. I teach you how to spin yarn, how to apply yarn, um, and it's a really fun day. So until next time, if you are already spinning on the tour, but you're not a part of our face group, Facebook group, um, you should join it because it's really fun. It's really great. People are posting every day what they have spun the day before or what they're intending to spin today. And um, so it's, it's really been fun and lively. And we'd love to have you on the team. Um, and if you are just thinking, whoa, I didn't even know about this Tour de Fleece thing. I'm just, you're just like catching up to me now. It's only the end of the first week. There's still two more weeks left and you can start now. There's nothing saying that you can, you know, have to wait till next year. You can start now. So again, um, you can go to my Facebook group um, or go to Facebook and look up FGF Tour de Fleece group and ask to join. And until then, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making. <laughs>